This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome back to the MK1 podcast, your audio hub for everything Milton Keynes Dons. Well, we we said change might be on the horizon if um, Liam Manning's side didn't get a result against Fleetwood. And um, here we are a couple of days later um, on an unscheduled podcast chatting about his departure, unfortunately. Um, obviously, a lot of people don't solely blame Liam Manning. And I think we're in that group. I think, I think as Liam Sweet said, and we'll play his little clip later, later on, it's a, uh, it's a collective issue at the club. And... We'll touch upon our various points on that, but mostly today we're looking forward. We're looking at some potential new manager candidates that we all feel, or in some cases don't feel, um, that could change the club and put in the right direction as opposed to the wrong direction, which is currently heading. And um, yeah, we've also got some of your suggestions in the list also. So before we get started on everything, Joe, how are we, mate? Are we good? Yeah, yeah. It's been a, a whirlwind uh, 48 hours, obviously. MK losing in the last minute. Penalty heartbreak for England. Oh, England. Our manager being sacked. Um, it's yeah, it's been some weekend, I guess you could say. And then um, yeah, waking up to snow ahead of a half an hour drive into work. Always fun. So um, yeah, it's um, I'm I'm hoping to see some uh, brighter days ahead. Let's say. Yeah, that that England result was uh was heartbreaking to be fair. Um, but hey, you know, I think everyone's expectations were we're going to lose to France in the quarters on on most most hands. So. It's better to have loved than to have well, never loved at all. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, <laughs> wish the best to Morocco um, on Wednesday night and hopefully get the job done. Um, Ross, how are we, mate? Are we good? Yeah, all good, thanks, mate. Good stuff, good stuff. Um, okay, let's get into it, boys. Obviously, Liam Manning has left the club. Um, not by his own choice, he was sacked. <clears throat> Obviously, the club sits 23rd, but if it wasn't for the win against Morecambe, which on goal difference and points, we actually put his bottom of the league. Um yeah, it's not been good, quite frankly. Um, and I think, I think uh, Liam Sweeting and the rest of the board felt that Liam Manning wasn't getting out the best out of these players, which we'll discuss also later on. But first of all, Ross, your immediate reaction to Liam Manning going? I know you said you wouldn't have sacked him if he lost to Fleetwood. He has. Um, what are your immediate thoughts, thoughts, mate? Um, it's one I ex- well, it's one I expected. I'm not surprised, but at the same time, it's just it's just a bit baffling in terms of, like, probably about six months ago um, from today, at the start of the season, he was probably a manager on most clubs' list in terms of getting him in. And I think he probably was the hottest prospect in the EFL at that time. And six months up there on, we're now, I think it's what one win. A ten and home is it's just not good good enough really, um, and yeah, as I say, I I think w- when you like a manager and you you can see that he's a genuine bloke and he puts in the work and hours and you you do believe in everything he he says. Um, I think his post match reaction just showed that 
when he's hit rock bottom, he tried to um, obviously mention other people. And I think he was desperate. And I don't blame him for blaming the players at all. Because at the end of the day, he did mention that he only could do so much. And at the end of the day, I do feel sorry for him because of the players haven't helped themselves. And um, unfortunately, um, when results don't go your way, everyone points a finger at one bloke. And unfortunately, it was Liam Manning. Yeah, I think Pete Winkleman said it quite nicely himself. You know, it's we're all collectively at fault, but you know, the person who spends the most time in the squad is Liam Manning. And, you know, he, he made himself that, you know, it's he has to go, unfortunately. And that's uh, that's it. I know some people just don't agree with that opinion. And that's, that's fair enough. Everyone's tied to their opinion. But at the end of the day, we were where we are in the league, Joe. And uh, unfortunately, I think he, he think he had to go. Yeah, I think. You know, Toby Locke mentioned. <clears throat> excuse me, Toby Locke mentioned about it in his um, post-match uh, report. He said how you know Manning genuinely did look a bit angry and sounded had a bit of an angry tone when he did his interview. Um, and to be quite frank, the last two weeks, I don't see what more Manning could have done in those games. In the Burton game, we didn't necessarily batter Burton, but we. Completely outplayed them without then doing that final bit and delivering the final ball, delivering the final cross, and we threw that game away by giving away a stupid penalty. And then the Fleetwood game, uh, um, again, two just—I mean, one of them was a bloody wonder strike. Um, but again, we had so many chances that we created. We played well. We were set up well. We just couldn't convert and. There's only so much Liam Manning can do, and I do feel, to a large extent, he has been let down by, by the players. Um, we've mentioned before about you know you look at this team; a lot of them were here last year. You know, McKechnie and Harvey, below par. Um, you've got players like um, Robson, Tucker, um, maybe even Greg a little bit. You know, senior pros that you'd expect six or sevens out of ten every week from who were just so inconsistent. And I think um, it's just a culmination of just everyone's off it at some, for some reason uh, all at once. And it's just culminated in an absolutely disastrous start to the season. Um, so, yeah, ultimately, the manager does take the can. But my word, it's not. He's not the sole reason we are where we are in the league. Yeah, and I think um, not that I would I would personally if I was Liam Manning, but I think he could walk into another job in League One, do quite well to be honest. If he had the backing and the the right situation, um, but this one unfortunately wasn't wasn't that situation this season. And I think yeah, Joe's Joe's right in the terms of the players definitely had the chances to beat uh, beat Fleet, let alone lose the game. But I don't know for me personally, I, I do feel Manning kind of um, set up set up a bit negative for that one nil. Um, and I think we paid the price for it and he paid the price for it, quite frankly. But um, we won't get into that because we're trying to positive this episode of Liam Manning and what is time here. But before we do do that, I want to sort of segue a little bit away from it and just give a insert section of Liam Sweeting's interview following Manning's uh, sacking about how he feels about the collective sort of issue of the club right now. Yeah, look, the bottom line collectively is we're, we're almost halfway through the season. We're second bottom in the league, and as it stands, we're relegated. So we have to own that situation. We have to collectively take accountability, and I'm talking about everybody, on and off the pitch has to improve, and we have to improve quickly. There has to be a shift in mentality to know that we need results in and amongst all the good development work that we do on the pitch. We have to now find a way to win games. Look, there, there is learning in these processes from everything to from recruitment to the way we set the team up to the way that we develop players all these things are being looked at continuously but i have to send a really clear message to everybody that we have to up our game and we have to we have to do better to address the position that we're in now rest assured that uh, you know that impact is coming sorry boys i was liam sweet and said there that everyone needs to back their ideas up essentially and uh focus on second half of the season because at the moment we're relegated from league one and back into a place we never go back to in League Two, according to our chairman. Um, I think next episode will focus a lot more on Winkleman and Sweeting uh, in, in terms of the specifics. But overall, do we feel that? I know you mentioned expressing your 
theories on this already, Ross, but do you feel that Manning was treated as a scapegoat for this season or do you feel that, well, tell me, what do you think? Well, football is a ruthless business and as I said earlier, if results don't go your way, everyone points a finger at one man and I think obviously Liam, Liam Manning knows that himself. He's been in the game long enough and um, I think, as I say, there just wasn't enough responsibility or accountability within the team um, and they just didn't step up and it's, it's, it's sad to see because of obviously what we saw last year and you can say the departures but we still had the core we still had some core players in the squad in terms of coming O'Hora Harvey Tanai Louis and so we, McEachran we can go on forever but those players haven't turned up this year and you, you can say what you want but this team is nowhere near in my eyes um, a relegation team and now is the time to step up because of if they don't the unthinkable is going to happen yeah and in terms of stepping up Joe obviously I think it's now a collective effort really to get it together quite frankly and just you know obviously January's come around the corner we always said that whilst it's not be all and end all um, it's very important for the Dons this, this summer oh, sorry this summer this season to sort out the issues that are currently going on and Touch make some changes and whether that's for a new manager or not, it needs to be done, right? Yeah, and I think, you know, you look back at last season, I mean, the three people, a lot of people, the three people that have come under fire for this season have been Winkleman, Sweeten and Manning. And all three of them were there last season when we were one point off promotion to the championship. And, uh, you know, I think it's very harsh to say any one of them is solely responsible. However, I think all three have have um, not taken their eye off the ball as such. But, you know, I think not everyone can be without blame. You know, if you think maybe the use of our, use of the loan market, perhaps we, um, we we probably done better in that last season than this year. Um, with, you know, Liam, uh, Liam Manning, we've seen, you know, constant changes here and there. Um, and then Pete, you know, off the pitch, we've seen all these changes. And ultimately, I think Pete's realised he's, I mean, he said it himself in the interview, maybe they've done too much too fast. And it's just, it's like, you, you know, it's all one, one thing being bad at football, but it's another thing when people just actively don't want to come. And I think, you know, we, we have been getting that vibe for a while. Um, you've got all the Castore stuff in the background. So it's almost just sort of like it doesn't rain, it pours sort of thing. And um, yeah, I think every it's just been a bit not poor from everyone. Just I think it's just been a combination of you know the players haven't been performing. Um, people would argue that the recruitment wasn't amazing. I, I personally don't think the recruitment was bad. I think I think there was there are some things that still need to be addressed, but I do think we do have some good players here for sure. Um, but yeah, ultimately, I think with the manager, he's the easiest position to change isn't he so ultimately unfortunately Liam Manning's the one that's um, he's, he's taken the um, taken the can for it yeah that's my reason why he was sacked right um, Sweeting didn't feel that and the board didn't feel that Liam Manning was getting the most out of his players so he's gone um, but it's not all negative obviously Manning had a tremendous well pretty much 9-10 months at Don's before this season started and I'm. I don't want to assume, but I'm pretty confident that all of our sort of favorite moments from Liam Manning have come from that first season. So, Ross, what was your uh, your favorite Liam Manning moment at the Dons, and why? Um, just rather and why. I think I think that's obviously the standout. Um, because it was down to Liam Manning why we won that game. People forget. Um, he chose to take off. I can't remember who it was, but Kasumu came on anyway. Uh, Kasumu came on and he changed the game. So in my eyes, I do see it was a tactical change which won us that game because of we were down to ten men against top of the league, one nil down at half time. And you thought, well, a lot of us in, in the away section were thinking, how many is it gonna be? And yeah, we it's it just in, in that last forty five minutes, it's just it's just crazy. It was a crazy experience and something we might not ever witness again in terms of the position we were in. And um, yeah, obviously the iconic commentary as well. Just got behind it. You just you just remember those things, and I'm sure we'll remember those for many years to come. And um, obviously there was mem memorable mentions to like Sunderland away, but I think 
I think those sorts of trips, especially Sunderland away, it wasn't just a case of the game. It was just we travelled all those miles and then we had a weekend of it. It was just kind of just having our football group and just making, making it a memorable weekend. But I think overall it has to be Rotherham away. What, what about the drive back from Sunderland, Ross? How, oh, how was that? <laughs> well, it would have been a lot harder without the three points. <laughs> oh, oh god, headache and zero points would have not been great, but headache and three points we can live with. Yeah, Sunderland away is probably mine. To be fair, I think um, that weekend was something we're not going to experience, or well, hopefully experience it soon, but probably not experience for a little while. Um, yeah, obviously winning helped. Kind of working and get the winning goal against his former club, which I'm sure he absolutely loves. I'm pretty sure that's his. One of his only goals, if not his only goal, was Don's when he was here. But what a goal to score anyway. Um, you're your old gaff. So, yeah. And obviously, the, and as Ross mentioned, the, uh, the weekend outside of the football was even better. So, yeah, very good weekend. Hopefully, get a chance to do it again soon. Um, I mean, yeah, that's probably mine, to be fair. Joe, what's yours? Um, yeah, I think, yeah, for me, it's Rotherham, you know, by a mile. But I think honourable mention to Cambridge away t- towards the end of last season. It was... It was basically right. It was right in the thick of the run, and I think Rotherham dropped points that day. And I remember it was absolutely like that atmosphere at Cambridge. I think was probably our best away atmosphere of the season. And you know, I just remember the videos from it because, and we let's face it, we didn't play great that game. But um, the, the goal we actually scored was Liam Manning. He'd been in training. He'd been practicing long throws because he realised Cambridge's pitch is really small. And this is somewhere where we could hurt the opposition. And it's quite hilarious how this is the, the first long throw we took in the entire season and we scored. <laughs> so, um, yeah, maybe, maybe see what Rory Delap's up to nowadays. Maybe you can come in. Perhaps it's uh, untapped potential there. Uh, but, yeah, Cambridge away, absolutely fantastic. And I think I was driving that one. Was that was I driving that one, Ross? Oh, I can't remember. I've had a few beers since. <laughs> I think I, I'm pretty sure I drove that one. And we got back uh, to mine and uh, we got a lift into town about, about virtually as soon as as soon as we got back to Ketchum. So, yeah, no, absolutely just brilliant. Day. Just looking back on these days, they're just, just brilliant. I think me and Ross, we spent about, must have been six to ten away games towards the end of the season. Every time, if we if we got three points and one, we'd go town. And that was, that was our little thing. But... Yeah, it's um yeah, thank you for the hangovers, Liam Manning. But um sad to see you go. Yeah, obviously, because we're all serial away goers, all of our favourites are away games. Um that's how it is, unfortunately. Um away over home by ten times and million times, to be honest with you. But of course we love stadium and Cave, love going to there, but when it they have some fun form of entertainment on another pitch. But yeah, the away games are just uh that much better. Um, okay, well, our boys. home form wasn't that great under Manning. It's always been the away form that's actually been really good. Yeah, there still is a season to be there, isn't it? Obviously, obviously, it's not yeah. amazing, but it's still better. Yeah. It's like mid-table our away form, but our home form is just absolutely horrific. Well, uh, hopefully, some of these candidates that we're going to reel off now can change our home form and our league position, quite frankly, and the whole fit around the club. Um, so thank you to everyone who submitted their thoughts. Um, as mentioned, those who spoke about Sweeting and Wincombe, we'll chat about that next episode. Um, if, if my voice sorts out, we'll do that on Thursday, but hopefully that does. That's, that is the case. Um, most popular one, gents, by a country mouse fair is Liam Richardson. Um, and Martin, uh, Dan, Owen, and many others said about Liam Richardson. And to be fair, I get why. Obviously, he was the former Wigan manager who... Um, when he was in League One, saved him from relegation in almost near impossible situation in his first sort of half season. And then the next season after that, he got him promoted. Um, did they win the league? They won the league, didn't they? So, you know, it's a pretty impressive CV. Obviously went to the championship the following season and got sacked pretty prematurely, to be fair. Um, a bit like another person on this list later on. But obviously he's popular with with um, our fans, Joe. Obviously, what, what are your thoughts on... Liam Richardson potentially coming into the club and him being one of the bookies' favourites to come in. Yeah, it does seem like a bit of a, a fairly good marriage. Um, another thing just to note as well is that, you know, I know people would level, almost try and um, demean his achievements with Wigan last year by saying, well, they spent a, an absolute ton of money. But I would also then come back with them at the fact of, it, did, did people not remember he kept that Wigan team up in... Um, they were they were bottom. They were. Did they even have a points deduction? 
perhaps. And they might have the yeah, ex-administration, right? Yeah. But the, I, know, I know they did have some half-decent players, but bloody Nora, that team was nowhere near as good um, in the um, the season before last. And they, they, they stayed up like comfortably in the end. Like they genuinely... He really got a lot out of that group of players where there was kids and everything playing. Like they'd literally just come out of administration and been taken over. They hadn't had a chance to sign any players really. And so, you know, he has he has been in a relegation battle before. And then the next season he's um he's led them to promotion. And it's it's a weird one because he almost did it without any fuss or fanfare. You you know, I, I can't proclaim to know exactly the style, but from what I remember, he played four two three one, um, and you know likes getting likes using the wingers, getting crosses in, and so yeah, I mean, I certainly don't think it's the worst uh, worst idea. And also, you know, he's got he's got knowledge of the league, um, which I think is a bit of a myth anyway. But he's got knowledge of you know relegation battles as such, because um, I think at the end of the day, this team, you know, tactically. As I said against Burton and Fleetwood, Lee Manning didn't do much wrong in terms of we created enough chances. We created more chances than the opposition. However, I think one thing I did question about Liam Manning a few weeks ago was maybe just the, not the personality as such, but the the almost the aggression and the getting the players up for it sort of thing. Um, the charisma, perhaps. And, um, you know, maybe he, he might be able to add some of that because... I don't think we were necessarily badly coached. I think maybe it was just some some of the. I think um, Liam Sweeting called it the intangibles. Um, so perhaps he could maybe add some of those. So, um, so yeah, certainly would be quite pleased with that appointment. Should it obviously we're going off the bookmakers' odds here, so we don't have any inside information, or we could just be pissing in the wind. But yeah, no, be, certainly um, wouldn't be against it. That's for sure. Yeah, and obviously, bear in mind, we've not included every bookmaker's favour in here, like Sean Dyche, I know is up there. Um, who's some others? Some ridiculous one that I was never going to come here because of where we Someone's are in the league. Someone's nan was stopped doing their Christmas, spotted doing their Christmas shopping in the centre MK, now their second favourite. <laughs> <laughs> um, but obviously, Ross, Liam Richardson, on paper, you could say, is probably the strongest fit for where we currently, currently are, but... I mean, do you actually think he's a good fit for MK Dons? I mean, from my personal opinion, from what I've seen from Wigan fans, is that he's not a big fan of um, a big fan of Liam Sweeting's role as sporting director when he comes to the football club. He quite likes a hands-on recruitment style. So, what do you reckon? I think I think that's probably what's throwing me off at the moment. He did have an influence in the players he did sign, and yes, you can argue. Obviously, he had those money. He had that money, and I completely agree with Joe in terms of how he how he used it. And a lot of teams we have seen like Ipswich um, are stuck in this league uh, because they've spent too much money and they just try and throw money at it to get promotion. So that he is a talented manager, but I think as a head coach, I do question it because of um, a lot of Wigan fans uh, I've been reading about Liam, Liam Richardson in terms of he's quite a cool headed bloke. He knows what he wants. And the thing with Pete Winkleman, he's quite a stubborn character and I, I get a feeling that Lean might not get everything he wants and that might be similar to excuse to why things can't work out here. But in terms of the appointment itself, I think it's an appointment which will rejuvenate the fans and everyone inside the club in a positive way and I think it will it could could potentially have the impact like we think it will. But in terms of the long run, do question it. Well, we've seen a bit of a, not a case study, but an example of what long run could look like with Liam Richardson. And, you know, we, we get to the championship, but unfortunately we don't, whether it's premature or not, it probably was premature to be honest, it's sacking, but it doesn't particularly go the way of how maybe some people want it in the board. So it's an interesting one. And to be fair, I can see where people are coming from. I'm not sure he's the, the strongest candidate out there in terms of what we actually need as a football club, but he's definitely up there for me, for sure. In, in um, his defence, he wasn't backed after getting promotion to the Championship. So, um, well, I guess it could be quite similar to being at Donzane, couldn't it? <laughs> Maybe it's a bit more than I thought then. <laughs> All right, let's move on to um, a second option, who, to be fair, wasn't suggested that much, but I know, Joe, you're quite keen on someone who's at 
again, the City football group, like Liam Manning was, but it's more involved with the youth side of things right now. Yeah, um, Brian Barry Murphy is the name that was actually mentioned when when Russ um, decided to move on. And he's a very sort of progressive young coach who was at Rochdale and then moved on to the... I don't know if he got sacked or not, but um, and they then moved on to the City Football Group. Now, with this, I personally... I think it's one of them where if we're if we've got a solid base and Liam Manning's been poached, then I could see this being a natural fit. However, with us being in the situation we are, I can't see us just appointing a you know another sort of dreamy, ideal, like total football manager. I think, we, and especially one who's got a relegation on his CV, which you know, trying to play this sort of football ultimately. Um, now, I'm not suggesting we need to go for well, big, uh, the big Sam of League One or whatever it may be, but I just think that maybe in, we need to be a bit more realistic at this time and realise, you know, we're probably not set to go total Barcelona just yet. Um, we perhaps just need to just focus on these next six months. That's not to say we need to just just totally make an awful appointment because I think you can make an appointment which merges the two. It might not be as dramatic as, say, a Luke Williams slash Russell Martin. However, um, it may be one that can just sort of, you know, it can deliver in the short term with a view to the medium term as well. I mean, what are your thoughts on that, Ross, and Murphy in general, obviously? I, I don't think the club will go for like a temporary option to end of the season but I, I do think it's a sensible decision potentially to do that of the situation we are in but what are your thoughts on that sort of mantra and uh, and Murphy as a whole Um, personally I haven't really considered him as a manager um, or a head coach whatever you want to call it Um, yes he does fit the mould and you know the young ambitious manager Um, you want to give an opportunity and everything we've gone for in the past but I'm at this current stage in the season in January and we've got a massive January ahead of us, by the way. It's not really a time to be given opportunities out. And yes, it's easy to give opportunities out, but I think we need to get someone with some know-how of the EFL in terms of, yes, um, we want someone who's played in this league before. And yes, you could argue about, obviously, Brian himself in terms of like proper men's football and the intensity of it. He did struggle, as Joe said, obviously with Rochdale. So I question that. But in terms of like my appointment, I want I don't want to be seeing this left field. Uh we'll we'll get some as I say, under 23s manager. I want I want an experienced head in the in the team who's gonna work with Sweeten to get us out of this trouble. Yeah, I think I'm more on side of this appointment than I maybe should be. Um, I I just feel that sort of like going with my head in terms of what I think Winkerman would actually do and think would do, and then my heart in terms of what I think should actually happen. I think my head is probably saying a similar appointment to this, just because of well, it's what in the past, and I, I I'd be very surprised if they actually sort of sit down and think right, we're going to get a well, we'll mention now like a, a Ferguson who's at posh for a long time. Or a, a Kenny Jacket, who obviously is a late in Orient most recently and didn't exactly do wonders to them. So um, there's not that many good experienced EFL managers out there right now, which is a bit worrying. And I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I know the consensus on of someone like a Ferguson or a Jacket in the fact that none of us really want them at the club. Is that right, Joe? Right. I think there's a distinction to be made because Kenny Jacket hasn't done a good job for at least five or six years. He'd done well at Millwall. Um, and then I think he he got Wolves promoted from League One in 13, 14, 12, 13, something like that. Um, since then, he's not really done anything. Um, and from speaking to Dan Kemp, um, as you, I'm sure you, you remember, um, let's just say playing football on the deck isn't his preferred option. Um <laughs> With Darren Ferguson, I think, look, he's because he's been around a long time, I think it is a bit unfair to label him in with Kenny Jacket. Because actually, if you look at the profile of what Darren Ferguson has done at Peterborough, he's got promotions. He's always been towards the top end of League One. He looks like someone that 
can put a rocket up up a player. Um, but also, you know, he may seem a, a more traditional manager as such, but, you know, you look at Peterborough's record with young players and youth. You know, he wouldn't... Darren McCantony wouldn't be buying these players if he didn't have a manager that he would trust with them, you know. He's obviously he's clearly a manager that has developed players um, before. So, I think if his name wasn't Darren Ferguson and he didn't have the links to, to Peterborough, I really do think that he would be quite a good candidate for the job. Um, and... I mean, that's. I don't know whether he'd even consider us because maybe he thinks he should be towards. You know, he's. I think he's got two promotions out of League One or something um, with Peterborough. Um, unlucky not to keep that. I think he he was unlucky. He was the manager when they just got relegated on a record amount of points in the championship as well. So I think in terms of profile, it's sort of what we would be looking for. You know, it, it's not the total football. Um, you know, Johan Cruyff, blah, blah, blah. However, it's not as if, you know, he was at Peterborough and he weren't playing hoofball. He was playing, you know, decent enough football. Um, so, I, I don't hate it. I don't hate Darren Ferguson, but Kenny Jacket for me is you know, a complete non-starter. You're in the same boat, Ross. Do you like the sound of Ferguson or are you more, well, based on what you explained, you maybe are more towards Joe's side? I, think, I, think, I do think it's a matter of opinion in terms of Ferguson. Um, but for me, it's a no. Um, I think after the first year at Peterborough, every time he's been back in the second year, it's gone all stale and the fans get on his back and they, they get him out. I, I'm I'm seeing the profile what Sweetin's targeting as um, as a project in terms of for a long-term stay. And do I see Darren Ferguson to stay here for three, four, five years? No, I don't personally. I see him to, yeah, he, I think he would get us out of the position we are in. I genuinely would. But long term, mm, it's, it's another question in the book. I think it would become very stagnant and stale as a club. And um, from what I remember, he does play a similar system. I think it's a 4 2 3 1. So it is a similar system to what we play. So in terms of matching up, um, to Ferguson's side in, in the past, it would it'd suit to a T, but I just feel, I don't feel that a lot of fans would get behind it, but if he's getting the results, well, I mean, I don't think a lot of people are going to be complaining, but in terms of my, if I was to appoint someone, I wouldn't be looking at him. I think his well, biggest problem is the fact it is Darren Ferguson, right? <laughs> if you just look at, if you just say that list what he's done in his career or whatever, you'd probably be like, oh, right, yeah, sounds sounds all right. Yeah, maybe it is that, and maybe it's the fact that he's got, I said, such a strong association to Peter Bray. We're playing in a few weeks, to be fair. And but didn't Darren Ferguson get relegated at Doncaster as well? Well, for what it's worth, boys, um, whether he did get sacked or not, Doncaster, um, he is the favourite of the bookies right now. So whether that means anything or means absolutely sweet FA, we'll find out soon enough, I'm sure. I think another left, well, maybe not left field shout, but... I'm sorry, what? my nose is going at the same Yeah, time. literally, I've got a oh, really nightmare. I think another, another more left field shout who, like Ferguson, to be fair, played similar systems to what Don's play now in the 4-2-3-1 and the 5-3-2 is... I think um, one of the more realistic options that I think that actually go for in Steve Morrison, um, he was previously the Cardiff manager. He worked his way up from the youth team um, to the first team manager, um, a bit like Richardson to be fair, survived in championship. And then I think this season had a poor start, finished 18th. Um, they sacked him, again, I think a bit prematurely saying to Richardson. So, and to be fair, like Manning, he, funnily enough, he went through a, a huge turnover at Cardiff, mainly his own his own um, doing, 17 players. I think it was in total when he wants to change the playing style. Um, so, and he plays tacking side of football, which I'm sure the club will want. And I think he'll actually suit the sporting director role quite well in terms of him working with Sweeting. I think especially for this season, he can sort of coach the players for the rest of the season, work out who he wants quite quickly and who he doesn't, resolve that in January and then move forward with a hopefully a competitive team in League One who could surprise us and do something. But 
I think this is the most out of the four we've said so far, the most interesting one for me. And I was interested to get your thoughts on it. So, Joe, what do you reckon to uh, Steve Morrison, mate? Yeah, I, I, I quite like it, actually. Um, as you said, perhaps, I mean, 17 players. God, that's... Makes yeah, I us, think it was 17, makes, yeah. us, makes it look like we did hardly any business, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think, you know, I, I remember I've actually heard him on podcasts before. Um, I think it might have been not the top 20 or totally football league show, something like that. And he's always come across really quite articulate and, you know, con- considering the sort of player he was, he was a very much a target man, rough and ready. He, he does really come across as quite articulate and um, I, I do like the, the cut of his jib, so to speak. Um, in terms of play style, I can't profess to know too much about it. Um, but I, I do seem to recall that as when he first went in at Cardiff, there was a massive uplift. Yeah, um, yeah. I think it did tail off towards the end of the season. Obviously, I know you got variants, all this sort of things. But I mean, we could do a little uplift at the moment. <laughs> I can tell you that right now. Um, we could do with that. And you know, like we said, there is Billy in this squad, and I think again, maybe would he would he be interested in it? I think so. I think so. Um, and. You know what? I, I, as you say, it's it's one that look, there's not too much to go off, but he's done a he's almost done this firefighting job before. Um, however, it's I guess it's just the question of the long term, right? Yeah, it's it's a bit of a gamble. I will admit that, and I mean you could say he's a bit too similar to Liam Manning. Obviously, he plays similar style of football. Um, had similar summers, to be honest with you. And there's been rumours from the, his Cardiff um, exit, whether you agree with them or not, that you know he's quite an arrogant person who believes in his way of football. Maybe that's not such a bad thing, but yeah, I know Cardiff fans were spreading the rumours after he left, that's for sure. And I think Vincent Town's not exactly the most loyal man in the world. But I mean, Ross, I know Steve Morrison's pretty high up your list also. Why do you, why do you like him so much? Um, it's a bit of a stranger. I just feel like he fits the... Um the profile of what Winkleman wants in terms of he's not, well, it's the only issue for me is it's the experience. It's he hasn't had a lot of games at Cardiff, but it was promising from what I, I saw. And um, just for, as Joe mentioned, he's obviously seen podcasts. I've, I remember a, f- a few times I mentioned to Joe about his interviews in terms of like, he just speaks so well. And yeah, I know managers can speak well, but in terms of backing his players as well, we didn't see many times in where Manning came out and proper properly backed his players. And I'm just thinking of one occasion where Steve Morrison done this. And funnily enough, it's about Max Waters. And he um, he was missing big chances, and he was saying he said if he was if he's getting in those positions and he's missing, I'm happy with that because he's getting in those positions. And a lot of their fans came out and they were giving him loads of stick, and it was a case of. Max Waters' form started to pick up because he was getting chance after chance after chance. And then the fans started to, to obviously back Waters. So it's a case of he had the perseverance. He backed he backed his own team as such. And I think, obviously, I've only done so much research on obviously Morrison and how he plays, but he's used two formations, obviously, while, she's, while she was at Cardiff, and that's the 5-3-2 and the 4-2-3-1. And funnily enough, we we can adapt to those formations, but in terms of the possession, um, it seemed again. I've only looked at previous matches. It looks like he he's having about what sixty percent possession, fifty percent a game. So he he likes con- to be in control of the football match, exactly like what we are. And I think yeah, he's he's the perfect. I wouldn't know. Sorry, it's not the perfect profile, but it's the ideal profile for this football club. I think one of the main the main sort of those caveats that some people may say about Morrison compared to others is that I think his defensive data at Cardiff is really good. I think they're a playoff team in terms of XG conceded, what you believe in XG anyway. But attacking-wise, because of the way they set up, they weren't amazing. Obviously, towards the end of his time there, he was using... Um, I think it was towards the end of his time. Maybe maybe it was maybe right at the start, actually. Maybe I'm getting completely mixed up. But he was playing a 4-3-1, but he was using Waters as a target man. 
Now, as we know, Max Waters is not a target man. No. Yeah, um, but I, I think he's been I think he's been very open in the fact that he he'd be better himself as the target. Man. Well, exactly. Maybe that's what he's thinking. He's trying to channel himself with it each other. But, um I think he's I think he said himself he's learned a lot from that time at Cardiff and you know, at the end of the day he kept him upright. So he did something right there. And he has openly said he's open to get back into management. So I'd be very surprised if not at least a candidate for this role. Um so yeah, I mean if I had to put my, my fifty pence on someone, I think I would probably put it on Morrison, to be fair. Um, obviously, there were some other names that we didn't mention so far that some of you guys have mentioned. Uh, I think this one is uh, one we mentioned, um, I think when Russ left, actually, and Jody Morris. Um, I'm pretty sure he turned us down last time we spoke to him, so I don't think he'll be taking it this time, mm-hmm. um, considering where we are in the league and the players we do have currently. But again, yeah, I don't mind the shout from Ben. It's a um, solid one. Uh, a former assistant coach in Luke Williams, uh, obviously at Notts County. Obviously, Joe, I know you watch a lot of Notts County. Mm. Did it right, Joe, wasn't he? He is playing some fantastic stuff. Um, he, he's, yeah, simply doing amazing. But the one thing I would say is that we've seen Luke Williams and Russell Martin try and play this sort of football with a team that's got some decent players, but not the best players in the league. And it didn't go amazingly. I think with Knox County, they have got the second best team in the league. Wrexham, by far and away, have. I mean, they just well, they got Hollywood money, haven't they? So they've got the biggest budget and the biggest team. However, Knox County are keeping up with them because they're they they've they've got the talent advantage on a lot of teams, and they are absolutely smashing teams. And um, when we me and Ross actually went up and watched Knox County versus Wrexham, and they completely dominated and ripped Wrexham apart. He only finished one nil, but that was probably due to a, champ, a defender that's on championship wages in Aaron Hayden. Um, so, yeah, he's doing very well. However, I just cannot see it personally. I mean, if all oh, if 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 it goes badly here and goes well at Knox County, we could be in the same league as Luke Williams next year anyway. So, um, and you know, who knows what terms he left on as well. Obviously, I know he left with Russ, but maybe he was, if he was, um, I don't know, an instigator or whatever, uh, it's impossible to tell. I can't see it personally. And I think if I'd rather him come in, if say we were in League One, right? Or League Two, sorry, or where we had, where we did have a talent advantage. I think where we've got just decent players, but not the best players. I think his style of play could be not not disastrous, but we've seen it's had problems. Yeah, Luke Williams, Ross, what do you reckon? Obviously, used to be at Don's, now at Notts County, doing very well for himself. Uh, I think he'd be a bad appointment, but at the same time, as Joe mentioned, I don't know why he would leave for potentially being in the same league as next season right now. Well, we said the same about Russ Martin, didn't we? And We did, to be uh, fair, we did. And... We've then found out, obviously, uh, the reasons behind the move and um, down to back room, wasn't it? So, money talks at the end of the day, but I don't feel like we'll be be looking at him at all. I think it would, it would sway a lot of compensation to Notts County, first of all. And Pete's already said about the money. Apparently, he's already spent spent so much this year and I don't feel like that's some, something he will do. I think he will... Um, find a manager out of market or out of a job as such. And that leads me on nicely to Ben Garner. Um, I, I, I think he's probably the, my personal choice who I'd go for. Um, I know Liam, you mentioned it a few weeks back and I was like, hmm. and then I wrote, properly looked into it and he plays the exact same brand of football. He, he The formation is similar to what he plays. And obviously at Charlton, you can argue, obviously fans or listeners will disagree with me here, but obviously expectations are probably higher at Charlton. Um, and I just feel he's the perfect fit in terms of um, the experience. He's got a bit of experience under his belt. I believe he was at Swindon. He was at Bristol Rovers. So he's got the EFL experience and calibre we need. And I, I, I hope he's someone we're seriously considering. Do a little man just swap with a Charlton. I get a manning in at Charlton, Van Garner in here. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't, 
I wish I was Manny, I'd Manny say Kira Charlie, to be honest. Yeah, I'll say Kira. I don't feel like he, he's going to go straight into another job. Personally. No, I, I think he needs a break, bless him. I think he's had a bit of a rough ride here, especially this season. So, yeah, um, I would I would personally avoid that job at the plague. But, Joe, Ben Garner, of course. Um, I, I was just going to say, I wonder if um, if Liam Manning went to... Um, would went to, went to Charlton, whether his hairline would deteriorate so quickly he'd end up looking like Ben Garner. <laughs> I mean, well, maybe maybe Liam Manning now he's out of a job, his hairline's going to just start gradually inching back because bloody hell, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's been some year and a half for him, hasn't it? Um, yeah, Ben Garner, he, he went in at Bristol Rovers, didn't he, initially? And he was a much maligned figure, but then actually they only got worse and got relegated after he left. Um, but then again, they did bring Paul Tisdale in after. So, <laughs> I mean, there's if that's your barometer, then. Uh, um, but he done he done very well at Swindon, without actually getting them over the line. Um, and then yeah, he's he's done well at times at Charlton, but Charlton just seemed just a weird vibes, weird club, a poison chalice as such. They always promise so much, but yet deliver so little. Um, you know, they've got I think they've got one striker and like three cent, two centre backs, something ridiculous. Like they're just, but then you look at them and they've got like eight of the best wingers in the league or something like that. It's just it's such a weird, weird thing. And I think there's a lot going on with the ownership at the moment. Protests starting again. Um, so you know, it, I think it would be actually hard to maybe judge Ben Garner really on the on the child job he did at Charlton. I think, yeah, there's some good things there for sure. Um, and, yeah, I'd, I'd, I wouldn't be against it, but I just wonder whether, I think for me, maybe it's the personality aspect of it. Maybe we might be after something a bit more, a bit more oomph as, as such, because, you know, as I said, we did see him in that relegation battle with Bristol Rovers and he didn't really manage to galvanise it. I know they got worse after he left. But, you know, he has sort of been in this situation before. So, um, yeah, I don't hate it, but I don't love it. Cool. And then, I'm not one for now, but one name that we should definitely keep an eye on in terms of Michael Scubala. So, Leeds in the 23 coach slash head of development there at Leeds. Doing very, very well in the 23s at the moment. Um, and I wouldn't be shocked to see him in a job within 18 months' time, maybe 12 months' time, if someone takes a gamble on him. Not saying he's for Dons right now, but he could be a name to keep an eye on in terms of the EFL because he's had a very, very good start considering he's come from, well, uh, to be honest, a, foot, a footstool background at the FA. Considering he's had been there and doing what he's doing with Leeds, is, uh, it's pretty incredible, to be honest, with the academy they have there. So, yeah, keep an eye on that name, Michael Scubala. But of course, gents, no manager in right now. We've got another caretaker, caretaker manager in, Dean Lewington, as always, Louis stepping up to the plate for the club. Obviously, you boys are both off to Pompey on Saturday for his, well, hopefully his second game. Might be his first game, depending on the pitch inspection at Bristol Rovers. What are we expecting from a Dean Lewington MK Don side? Obviously, we saw one against Bolton recently, well, not recently, but you know what I mean, in terms of past couple of seasons. So, are you expecting a, a side that's going to play with lots of freedom, potentially lots of goals like we saw against Bolton? Or what, what, we, what do you reckon, Joe? Um, yeah, I just hope he, just to be quite honest, sticks out them and gets them actually you know, look it's, it's harsh to say they haven't been trying but I think that there's been a lack of quality from the players in key areas I think that I think that we just need to go out there and you know because we, we gave it a go against Burton we gave it a go against Fleetwood but this, the quality in those final moments just wasn't there I just hope we can continue you know because I think that there's going to be a lot of feeling around the dressing room that you know hang on a minute lads we've we've cost that manager his job there we've cost that manager's job there and i hope that they can um go some way to to make an amends as such yeah most definitely i don't think um it's collective effort happened and i think the players are definitely one of the more responsible party out of all of that ross so what are you expecting from a Libby side on saturday against pompey it's a similar style like you. I think it will just be seeing like a Liam Manning team as such trying to play football. But at the end of the day, this this result or any of this isn't down to Louis. 
if we if we lose or get smacked three four nil, this isn't down to Louis in terms of he shouldn't be held accountable for the players. What they've done, it's obviously in Manning, and I think Joe just mentioned it in terms of the players have to step up because of what else what what else do they have to show in terms of results. Everyone can hang on to these good performances, but as I say, I know we've already spoke about it, but just going back on that league, um, the last half of Fleetwood, as soon as Bradley Johnson came in, they just sat back. It was just like, really? As soon as the, the, I think we had one chance and that was a hut, the, um, I think the keeper parried it from a shot, obviously, to Harvey. And I think Harvey had a swing at it and he hit it straight into the ground. But that's the only real chance of, I know we had on the, on the shot on the keeper. So my message to, obviously, the boys on Saturday is there shouldn't be any pressure on Louis to get a result. It should be, let's put this right as players. And, um, Send the fo- fans home happy. Take some responsibility. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I think you put guys play really well. I think, you know, the players have stepped up, quite frankly, and just show why they want to set the football club because I think these, well, for most of them, these next few weeks are going to be quite telling, obviously. You know, I'm sure candidates who are maybe interviewing for the role will be watching the team and getting their thoughts on the team and obviously Liam Sweeting's more pivotal than ever in terms of direction of football club and the way he sees certain players compared to others. So, yeah, it's going to be a an interesting six weeks or so, which hopefully we have a new manager in, well, not obviously fairly soon, but soon enough to which they can have an impact in January, get some players in, well, in coordination with the recruitment team and hopefully turn this season around because we, we really need it, quite frankly. And that's the whole reason Liam Manning got sacked. So thanks everyone for listening to the episode. Hopefully we covered the majority of the manager options or the head coach options that we could. Uh, apologies if we didn't on your one in particular, but I think we've been going for almost an hour now. So it's uh, certainly touched on quite a few names. But until then, come on you dons. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.